Alright, I'm just going to get right into it. Welcome to Sanity Check, a podcast devoted to staying informed and sane in the time of Trump. I'm Ben, and I'm joined tonight by Mike. We are recording on the evening of Thursday, July 27th, 2017. Today is day 189 of The Resistance. If you enjoy what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes at the Google Play Store or at our website, sanitycheckpod.com. So let's get right into the uh, best and worst news of the week. Um, Maybe I'll start us off. Sounds Um, good. I'm going to go with my worst first, which um, is that having nothing to do with his being tortured in Vietnam or uh, surviving melanoma or currently having glioblastoma, John McCain is a huge motherfucking asshole. I, mean, I, I it's think just... it's the caveat there was was there was a lot of it. Well, I mean, like I I I wish he hadn't been tortured in Vietnam. I mean, nobody should get tortured. Hey, me too. But and, I also wish he wasn't and, such a fucking asshole. And right, and, and cancer is really terrible. I wish that cancer didn't exist. But he's You're an just asshole. Specifically, it's the it's not any of those things, but it's his right. behavior in Congress. Yeah, and I'm not going to say it's even just about healthcare. So I mean, that's what he's doing at the moment. But um, he's a huge asshole. Um, okay, so for my best, I'm going to say I uh, I got a certain amount. I, I, I'll put it at a chuckle. I got a, a chuckle today when a reporter asked Jeff Sessions how he felt about Donald Trump going after him in the press, in public. And he said, quote, that... It hurts a little bit. Oh, that is sad. That, I didn't see that. Yeah, I, I, I got a chuckle from that. I mean, there's... it's too bad we can't. None of us can do a good Jeff Sessions accent. No, I can't. I'm not even going to pretend to try. Oh man, it's uh... that is the best. I mean, anything that makes him feel bad is great. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's felt bad in his entire life, so it, it might be oh, a first I for think him. He, don't you think he feels bad every time a black person votes? That's true. He probably felt badly when he didn't get the federal judgeship the first time around. and Because Coretta Scott King was like, do yeah. not let this man be a judge. Yeah, and and now he, he mostly feels badly because he's concerned that his crusade against minority rights will end before he's ready for it to. Well, so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this more in, a, in the full topic. There's a Certainly. bunch of interesting stuff here um, with Jeff Sessions. But for me, the worst thing that happened... I mean... It, this segment, everything is so terrible. We're it's, yeah, we're sort of splitting hairs with fi- identifying one particular thing. That said, I'm not thrilled about North Korea. The projection that they'll have the ability to hit the United States with a missile sometime within the next year—that's not making me feel great. No, um, I mean, it, it, I don't think I would ever make me feel great, but. <laughs> But particularly, you never with, want to hear that you're within range of a missile strike no, by North but, Korea. But per- particularly with the uh, God Emperor. Uh, as well, a and he's there, the North Korean quote was like, "They're going to punish the United States with a nuclear hammer," which is, yeah, which sort of it's very them. You know, that's a very yeah. North Korea way to put that. And the Donald probably took that literally. He probably called up. I, I'm his sure best, he doesn't even know. His honestly, best general to ask I'm him sure. what a, a nuclear hammer was. He doesn't pay any attention to anything. No. But then, so that was my worst. And then the best thing. This is not really a best. It's sort of a. This is a bad thing, but it's there's some Schadenfreude because it was this thing where Scaramucci attacked Reince Priebus for allegedly leaking some classified information, and he said he was going to call his friends at the FBI to look into this. And the information was just a public financial disclosure form that Scaramucci filled out that a reporter filed a request for and got, and that's all. And so you will didn't note, do anything. You will note that it was neither leaked oh. nor was it in any way classified. Not even a little. It was an it was a public disclosure form. Yeah. Not classified. No. And not leaked. And so he just it's 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 it, he took nothing. And turned it into this huge attack on Reince Priebus and claiming he was going to get the FBI and the Department of he, Justice. He also said that he had gotten verbal permission from Trump ahead of time before he sent that tweet. So this is just a best in the sense that it's just more clown show 
Well, he's really upped the clown show. He, I don't know what he's doing. Well, he has no business running a communications department. He's a hedge fund manager or something. Yeah, or something. Isn't he's like a finance guy? Yeah, a slash attention seeker. And all he seems to be doing is just bullshitting. Yeah, I mean, plus he's acting more like a out of control chief of staff than he is a communications. To director. me, he seems like he wants. He thinks of himself as the chief of staff and wants to be the chief of staff. Well, it's certainly not typical for the communications director to to work directly for the president. No, that usually is they work for the chief of staff. Time. Um, well, Trump clearly is telegraphing that he doesn't have faith in Reince. I mean, which is fair, because Reince is very bad There's at There's nobody job. in that White House that anybody should have any faith in. Probably, like, the staff, like the chef and all. You know, there's all kinds of people like that in that White House you can have faith in. But appointees... Is, is Omarosa still working there? Oh, God. <laughs> I had forgotten that. I don't know. I know. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, uh, but this is all small fries compared to um, the like apocalypse that is going on in the Congress at the moment. Um, this is why you. This is the main driver of your saying John McCain is an asshole, right? It is the healthcare vote. It is. Um, should we? So we, we should, I felt like we should try to summarize the healthcare situation, but it's almost it's very difficult to summarize. It is. I mean, we can say so. When we spoke about it last last week, we we were at a point when the um, the initial uh, motion to proceed had failed, and then uh, the repeal with no replace was dead on arrival. Um, and now they just won't give up. They keep no. trying to. I mean, many things have happened since then. Oh, and it's only been like seven days. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I guess the I guess the the biggest news is that they finally did, with Mike Pence as the tie-breaking vote, get a motion to proceed to pass. So that means there was the there wasn't a the motion to proceed just means they start debating and discussing. Right. That didn't actually pass any legislation. Um, but it and, is – it's like an important proxy. If they don't get the motion to proceed, they can't do anything else. Then, it's de- so then it was dead. We were fighting very hard with the idea that if we could prevent the motion to proceed. The, and the conventional wisdom among lefty policy types was that if McConnell could get it past the motion to proceed to actual debate, that it, it's extremely likely that he would be able to pass something. Yeah, and that, I, and that I whatever agree with that. and that whatever he passes is obviously going to be bad. Um, so uh, the, the the reason that John McCain is specifically an asshole is because he just had a surgical procedure to remove a really nasty cancerous tumor from inside his skull, um, and he flew back, probably against doctor's advice. Um, to the Capitol in order to vote in favor of this motion to proceed after receiving this $100,000 surgery and however much uh, follow-up care he's going to require, he came back in order to cast a vote to take, essentially, health care away from millions of people. Yeah, that, I, I can't really, I mean, none of them should have voted for this, but it's amazing to me that he was like, I'm going to heroically like risk my recovery from this really big surgery yeah. to go back to Congress to vote so that other people can't receive life-saving health care in an emergency. Like I just did. Like, th- yeah. like that's my most important principle that I'm going to lay it all on the line for is to take health insurance away from poor people. Yeah. I mean, he could have, he could have really lived up to his fake image if he had flown never, back and, and a voted lot of people no. expected him to vote to, to I never I didn't no but I didn't I didn't uh, if you I followed mean, his career you know he's always been a complete asshat particularly when it comes to social programs uh, it just it, I I I found it to be really disgusting I mean and plus there hadn't even been a particular amount of pressure put on him well for a long time I mean my memory of last week was everybody assumed that he was out of the game for like a while. 
Well, and he should have been, because you're not supposed to fly when you have a hole in your head. Um, you and know, the, yet, so this, I mean, this just adds to it, like... Right, like, he went out of his way, and, like, possibly put himself in some amount of medical danger. Although, to be fair, this kind of cancer, it's almost certainly he'll be dead, like, pretty soon. Uh, I Yes, I would say that his prognosis is not fantastic. But so, and then there's other people we should make sure to single out for Shelley Moore Capito. Uh, yeah, West Virginians rely on Medicaid, and so she. But Shelley Moore she Capito didn't come to Washington to hurt people. Well, then why is she voting to hurt people? Is the question I would ask her. And then there's Dean and Heller. Dean Heller in Nevada, who said that he would not vote for anything that messed with Medicaid future wingnut welfare recipient and or K Street lobbyist once he loses his Well, I'm not sure he's going to be a welfare recipient because... Wingnut welfare. That's this not, not oh, regular oh, welfare. Oh, yeah. Okay, because there's not going to be any welfare. He'll, you know what I mean when I say, like, I, he'll be right. a Cato Foundation visiting scholar. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. a Heritage Foundation grand wizard or whatever they call their employees. And then Rand Paul pulled his usual bullshit. Oh, of course. <laughs> Rand I mean, that Paul... was just to be expected. He's always a dick, but I, I mean, so there was this motion to proceed vote, and that passed, which I considered to be a really bad thing, and then they proceeded to, to, to vote on a couple of things. So they first they voted on the actual BCRA, which, which was Which is this the, bill we've been laying right. into for weeks, which is this shitty bill that would... That would have cost 22 million people at least their, their insurance and so on, and that went down hard. Yeah, it got... It really was brutal. It was 43 yes, 57 no. Not not great. And that means a bunch of Republicans voted against it, too. Um, yeah. I People mean, who had voted for the motion to proceed, but then voted against it. Well, because they claim that they are in favor of a healthy debate, but they weren't in favor of what had been there already. Wall. So yeah. then... So that one bit it hard, and then, then they then they went for um, uh, straight repeal with uh, two year uh, time delay, which is so stupid. I mean, I know they were. I don't know if they were kidding. This we can talk about. After I don't we think get Rand Paul was kidding, but I mean, this is that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And that also went down fairly hard, not quite well, as hard. What's an say you're an insurance company, and they say to you. Yeah. For two years, everything's going to be the same, and then it'll nothing. No insurance company is going to stay on the exchanges in that situation. No, like it, it's it has. There's no. It's completely incoherent. It doesn't make well, sense. Well, it's it's policy. incompatible with the concept of insurance and risk and, uh, you know, pools of people and it's money. Really and I mean, it just yeah. And so that so that law that bill also did not pass, but instead failed. I don't know the margin on that one. That was 45 uh, votes, yes. So a little better. 55, no. Because Rand Paul was in favor of of this. And then, so then we get we come to the third one, which I don't believe they've voted on yet, which is what they're calling the skinny repeal. Which appears to be the sort of end game that Mitch McConnell has been going for, at least for the last several days. I think he's basically improvising at this point, but they've all sort of settled around the idea that this option that they're calling skinny repeal is the uh, one. Is now, the way now let's gonna... note that there is no such thi- thing as a skinny repeal. Doesn't they made they made this up like a day or two ago. This idea, and what it would entail, if I'm remembering correctly, is they would repeal the individual mandate. Yes, and they would repeal the medical devices tax. Correct, and that's all. Yes. And then, so they would just vote on that. And then, because that doesn't match what the House passed, they'd have to do a conference. Because for it to become a law, the House and the Senate have to pass the same bill. Right. And so this, it's, it's just going to prolong the nightmare. Well, and then I think one thing that they weren't counting on was that somehow the CBO managed to score skinny repeal very quickly. Yeah, and it, it, isn't it 32 it, million? Well, that would more. be the that would be the net. So they it would um, it would drop sixteen million people off of uh, the insurance rolls. Still um, not good. 
Well, right. So it was 22 uh, under BCRA, and it would be 16 under this skinny because without without I mean, forget about the tax on medical devices for a second. I mean, that's kind of more standard republicanism. Um, but without the individual mandate, yeah, and and without any sort of replacement for that, pressuring people to stay in the pools. Um, they will collapse because... You basically blow up the exchanges because only sick people will try Right, I mean, because yeah. extremely healthy people will take the bet that they aren't going to need it, the insurance, and... No, it's there's... not even a bet. Under Obamacare, the insurance companies have to sell you insurance. Right, well, right. without the mandate, there's no bet because they could then also buy insurance whenever they wanted to. So if they without got sick... Without the mandate, you're almost a fool to have insurance if you're not sick. Right. I you mean, can just people buy it still do time. it, you know, because they want to have the insurance. But right. but structurally, the whole point of the individual mandate is the insurance market only works if sick people and healthy people are all in the pool together. Because what the people who wrote the ACA understood is that for private insurance market to work at all it has to resemble every other kind of insurance market where uh the people who are not undergoing the catastrophe that the insurance is insuring you for subsidize the small number of people who do that is how it's supposed to work um but the thing about cbo scoring the skinny repeal there's so many things to talk about here but i don't anticipate I don't think any of them believe that this repealing the individual mandate move is actually what would result. If if they were to pass that third bill that we were talking about, that isn't the bill that would end up becoming the law at the end of the whole thing. Well, in fact, that's, that's what the Republican senators are counting on. Which is fucked up if you're saying, like, it's okay to vote for this because it won't become the law. Well, in fact... John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and uh, Ron Johnson held a press conference uh, this afternoon saying that they would only vote for skinny repeal if they got assurances that it would not actually become law. Here's Which, a of way course, you can it, assure that it doesn't become law. Don't vote don't for vote it! For it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not difficult. It's like, it's I mean... It's very simple. Three, there's three of them. There are 52 Republicans. If those three guys don't vote for it, it doesn't become law. Guaranteed. Paul Ryan then released a statement which said that he reserved the right to um, make a law. I.e., I, what could happen is they could pass the stupid skinny repeal. It could go to the House, and the House could just say, all right. And, yeah, that's, that's true. The and they, would, and they, they could just pass that. And then it would never go back to the Senate. And, and then Trump could sign it. Or to the conference. Yeah. And it would become law. But the intention... So that's a good point. But, like, there's sort of... There's, like, a fork in the road with this third bill. Where either what you just described could happen and it could become law as, like, hastily written in the Senate to try to solve this game theory problem they have. Or there could be a conference where a whole different set of things got added to it. And it yeah, I mean, it will, but we've had like a complete flip around because you remember when when the the AHCA was in the House, what um, they kept what saying, kept "Don't hearing, worry about it because the Senate will fix it." Right, and and Republican senators were saying, you know, we're not that it's dead on arrival. You know, and we won't was, allow. I mean, it is true that they didn't pass it, but now they can't even come up with. Any sort of plan that they can vote on, it's sort of like and the so they're trying potato. to send it back to the house. Yeah, they're like, "Shit, we don't know what to do with this. You, you guys fix it." And then the other guys are like, "Oh fuck, like we can't handle this here. You guys fix it." Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally ridiculous. And it does make them look like idiots. But and, and every possible result of it, other than them not voting on anything or having something voted down ends up with tens of millions of people losing their health insurance and lots of people dying. So one of the other interesting features of all this is I feel like it's doing a lot of damage to just, like, sort of civic and public understanding of what the government is for and, like, how it's supposed to operate. The way Mitch McConnell is operating the Senate is completely against 
how democratic government governance is supposed to work. Yes, you're supposed to introduce potential legislation and uh, debate it well, the in a public way. Well, the idea way. in theory is that you have an idea that you think is going to be an improvement on the existing situation. Yes. And you write it down, and then everybody reads it, and you discuss whether it's going to be a good... And, you know, I'm not, like, naive. I understand the way politics works and how... And then it gets messed with. Congress and... isn't Plato's Republic or whatever. But even so, this is, like, a, a big step down from, like, whatever non-ideal norms existed previously. Well, the motion to proceed was insane because... He was asking voting on. Right. He was asking people to vote on a bill that didn't exist. So they had no idea what they were voting to proceed. Why do you think they're doing this? At all. I just don't understand. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. I mean I I I I really don't know. I, I I, I mean, I, you know, from our earlier conversation, I have no idea what they're doing. I suspect that there are probably a fair number of Republican senators who are pretty unhappy and don't want to be involved in this, but they are having the screws put to them by both McConnell and now the White House um, that they will be not supported in any way in their reelection efforts. And, well, and chilling, there's a chilling little story on that front where on the, the Alaska delegation, yeah, where they threatened yeah. Murkowski that they that the Department of the Interior, which like the Alaska, the Department of the Interior is a major factor. Yes. for them. And they, they and they threatened her uh, co-senator who actually did vote for it. Yeah, and they threatened them. My understanding, they didn't make it explicit, but my sense was it was about. Um, projects and infrastructure yeah that they would basically pull tons yeah. of money out um for for as bad as like payback for murkowski not voting this is her support. own party yeah well although she they she lost a primary and then won her election as a write-in candidate right so she's not that dependent on her party which to me means they should be even more careful Yes, because the way they're tra- it's like when Trump ran ads against who was it that he ran ads against? Do you remember Dean this? Heller. Yeah, that's a that's stupid because these are people you need to be on your side. Yeah. I mean, he, and he's, he's going to face a tough, tough challenge regardless. Yeah, and if you beat him up from the right, that's not helping him. No. Um, but so so anyway, that was just to your point. Like they clearly are putting the screws to people but i don't know why i keep thinking why didn't they why don't they just do tax reform i don't understand why they are doing this i don't i really don't know i don't know if mcconnell's just trying to prove a point about what he can do or it just seems to me like they've all ended up with this idea that they have to do it and they're like we just have to get there and then we can finally move on to other stuff like nobody likes what they're doing like literally nobody likes it. No, I mean, all you have to do is look like at any they poll. Have to do it, and I'm trying to figure out why they feel like they have to do it. I really don't have a good answer for you. I mean, yeah, it will. Um, if they are able to pass it, it will give them some money to help offset whatever tax nonsense they try to do next. But oh, I mean, yeah, it, that's right. That's but, one of, that is one of the reasons I had forgotten that part where this but, gives them some headroom to cut taxes. Uh, Though, at this point, I mean, they've done such a horrible job, uh, and they've, they haven't been able to cut that much money out, uh, not nearly as much as they wanted to. And, I mean, what, how, how are they going to – like, passing tax reform is, by definition, a very difficult thing to do. I mean, I feel like at this point, it's not looking, this isn't looking yeah. super easy. And uh, and again, they're going to have to do that through um, a conciliation process. And they are screwing the pooch on uh, on that. Well, they're wasting uh, all their time. Well, they're, they're, it's a combination of wasting their time and um, they keep on being told that, that aspects of the various healthcare plans that they have put forward don't meet the reconciliation requirements yeah, the, the parliamentarian and get, keeps burning and, them. and keeps on throwing them out or they, they would otherwise they would require 60 votes and that means they need it, eight democrats which, which good is fucking that's, luck. Yeah, that's not going to happen um 
the the Democrats, it's, it's been interesting. Um, so they they switched up their strategy slightly in the last twenty four hours. Um, I think correctly. So um, they at first when when they when the Senate voted on these these potential health bills, um, Democrats introduced some amendments and read things really slowly and try to delay it. Parliamentary tactics, yeah, um, to slow things down. But they've they've stopped doing that in the last twenty four hours. Um, Schumer told he's, he's like. Uh, don't do that. Um, instead, he he basically was like put up or shut up to the Republicans. He's like um, he's like we want to see what you actually want to pass. Well, because it turns out giving them time might have been helping them. Yeah, he's like he's like show us the text. I've been really proud of Schumer. This yeah. isn't he he wasn't t- temperamentally he's not suited for this kind of leadership environment. But he's kind of doing what he's he needs doing to a, do. He's doing good. I mean, I right. feel like so far he's been doing it. I mean, they have yeah, Harry, Harry Reid would have been a better I temperamentally. Know, um, he's not immortal, unfortunately. No. Um, and so I guess the idea is, right, let, give the Republicans rope to hang themselves with right now. And then if they get their act together enough to actually introduce something that they might vote yes on... Then you go back to filibustering it and using parliamentary tactics, and apparently they've got hundreds of amendments just like ready to go. Well, um, sure, health. We're actually good at healthcare. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing about if you Democrats have a lot of really good ideas about healthcare. And well, I mean, it, it's and a huge. You know, now, of course, we can't actually stop them, but it it does no. even further. In 2018, we can say, look. Look at the things that Republicans voted no on after we, you know, introduced. And they're going to try to do that to us too, as I recall. You know, the the whole this is the Votorama process, sure, where they're going to try to put stuff that'll wedge. You know, get give them things to run against Democrats on in twenty eighteen. It's it's hard to go up against. Um, you all voted in favor of something to take away health care for oh, 22 million people. Oh, no, I people, think they're though. going to come out looking. But this is, goes back to what I was what I was saying before. You know, I just don't see how this is a politically smart... Even if, like, I think in their fantasy world, what happens is they eventually manage to pass something. Like, they, they just keep working at it, and they yeah. reach the finish line, and Trump signs some shitty ramshackle, you know, hastily assembled law. And then they get, you know, this thing that everyone's calling it. They get a win. And everybody in the political media talks about how they've got a win and all that. And and I maybe they get, like, a small bump from it, but I don't really think it's going to be as awesome as they are anticipating. No, because, I mean, they can't talk about what they actually passed because it's horrible. Well, and also there's going to start being consequences. You know, if they, yeah, for example, I mean, we they, don't know quite how quickly the consequences will come, no, but, but it, it's not going to when they get when they don't have insurance. Anymore. It, it it won't. Well, and I I think it's it's impossible that it will the consequences will be far off in the future. I mean, it'll probably with Republican stuff. Usually, bad stuff happens right away, and then they save a lot of the really worst stuff for in the future. And it's also, it's. I mean, they'll try, but it will be difficult for them to blame any of the bad stuff on Democrats, because Democrats yeah, don't is, control any part of the government. This is the silver lining of them controlling everything, which, you know, the the bad, the dark cloud of that is that they get to inflict all this shitty legislation on everybody and ruin lives and kill people. But the silver lining is the Democrats are like, there's we don't have any responsibility for it because we're not, we don't yeah. have any power. Well, and the Democrats are doing the right thing, which is that they are fighting as hard as they can yeah. to prevent the legitimately bad things that hurt people from happening. Yeah. I mean, I can't complain about what they have done. They have not, no. they have not, um, they have not bargained. They haven't. They haven't uh, surrendered. Uh, they haven't. They haven't done anything to enable any of the horrible stuff that the Republicans are. Republicans trying to do. are also doing a really shitty job. Like if Republicans yeah. wanted to cause Democrats a lot of pain, they certainly could. Like they could. 
there are things they could offer that would be really agonizing questions for the Democrats. And, you know, we've talked about this more in the context of infrastructure, not in yes. the healthcare. Infrastructure yeah. would be a much more winning topic. Or or even tax reform. I could imagine some, they, them trying to Well, sure, to they, they, the could, they, could, um, they could engineer the tax reform in such a way that they could talk about tax cuts for a lot of people yeah, and right. make, make make it sound like you could raise the earned income that. tax credit. There's like a million things you can do, but on yeah. this one, it's like they've chosen the area where they're the there's the most unified democratic spirit is on this healthcare stuff. The most unified spirit among the opposition party, I the Democrats, and uh, and. I think, I guess, somewhat to their surprise, though it shouldn't be a surprise now, um, six months into this process, uh, a simply a majority of the populace. Don't you think it makes them look stupid that they had that beer celebration party from the House passing their bill? It makes them look stupid, but it, it more it makes them look like monsters. I mean, yeah. they, they they were literally like toasting, toasting the fact that they were going to kill people. Yeah poor people so that rich people can I mean have particularly more money. because that house bill that they passed if if that were the the law that ended up being passed I mean 20, that was a disaster of a bill 20 something million people would would lose uh, health insurance which is just abominable yeah this is why I don't understand it's sort of it's like they're they're in a swamp and they're just trying to keep going so they can get out of it but I'm like I'm like stop and look around you're, even if you get the victorious outcome you're imagining, it's not going to be good enough. Well, it's not even like it. a Pyrrhic victory. It's like it's re- still... going to be really bad for them. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's not just... really a victory. Well, it's not a victory for anyone because the people who are really going to suffer are the people who lose their health insurance. I saw a couple of interviews. You know, Republican senators have been out there trying to, def- like, defend this or spin this, and I saw. Um, one, they were asked the question, do you think it would be better if we could go back to the way things were before? Yeah. And, and the guy said yes, which is amazing. You know, like Yeah, because most of them won't say that. Because what, the way it was before was horrible. Where, you know, you had people having to get, mar- getting, get married for health insurance, get divorced for health insurance. You know, like, mm-hmm. there would be all these situations where people were having to do everything of, in their lives... Well, we, and we, all around we simply have insurance. we simply have mil- tens of millions more people insured now than we did before. It's unquestionably a much better thing for American society. Yeah. So on the healthcare, I'm trying to think about like how can we even wrap up the healthcare thing? My I, suspicion is that they're going to pass something. It seems that way, and then I they're going to go to conference. I don't think the House will pass the quote-unquote skinny repeal with no changes because it doesn't have enough of what the Freedom Caucus wanted. Well, right, the, the, is, is that it wouldn't be a It's not extreme enough. enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, Paul Ryan might want to pass it. it <laughs> yeah, but you, you saw how much power what Paul Ryan wants has. They don't care yeah. at all what he says. No. I mean, and, and Mark Meadows, the Freedom Caucus guy, has already said that you know he doesn't like skinny repeal no but i don't know what i don't but then right does it does this shit does this shit just start all over again i i feel like they know this is a losing issue for them in which case you would think that they would just give up on it because the longer they drag it out the worse it is for them but um i mean they, they it's just repeatedly you see Republican, specifically senators, saying, "You know, uh, there's no time limit on this. We're just we'll just keep on trying it until we pass something." And it, well, it, that's it seems true. you know we it seems like a, that's their strategy. We've uh, gone through now several cycles with both the House and the Senate of being like, "Oh, it's dead. Like they didn't, they can't pass it. This is great." And then they just come back and no, try to do it I again. Mean, you know, as long as they're in the majority in both places, they can just keep trying again and again. Yeah, I mean, as Dan Pfeiffer, the uh, the former Obama communications director, said, it, 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 "This is not dead until Democrats control a uh, a chamber of Congress or the presidency." 
Ideally, all of it. Ideally, all of it, but any one of the three would be enough to prevent it. So, um, yeah, what's our next, what are we going to, what's our next topic? Um, let's, uh, let's talk briefly about what's going on with the uh, briefly aforementioned Jeff Sessions. Yeah, the Jeff Sessions thing is, it's is interesting. It's another weird I, I can't remember. Can you recall a an analogous situation where you had a sitting president publicly just thrashing a member of his cabinet? Not just a member of his cabinet, but the attorney general. You know, there's a there's a particularly sort well, of it's, it's particularly delicate relationship between the president and the attorney general. And in this case, that cabinet member happens to be the person who sort of legitimized him as a candidate by being the first major elected official to to back him as a president. Well, yeah, candidate. I mean let's, let's so to lay out what what happened. Jeff Sessions recused, Jeff Sessions was confirmed as the attorney general and then it was discovered after, that he after had, he lied. He had misrepresented the circumstances of whether or not he had met with any Russians during the campaign because he said he didn't but and in fact, but in fact he, he, he did. did. And so that caused him to feel that he should recuse himself from the Russia investigation. Well, I'm not so sure he, he felt that he should. No, but he felt like he had to, to it, yeah. for whatever, he made the calculation. So he did that. And he didn't consult Trump about it, I guess, because Trump seemed to be surprised and Trump thought that was the wrong thing to do. And so that was months and months ago. And so then Robert Mueller got appointed as the special counsel and he's working on his, whatever he's working on. Um, but Trump it's, seems it's, to it's just good be, that we don't know what he's working on. It means he's doing. Trump has recently right. gotten very hung up on how it was really bad for Sessions to recuse himself. Well, that's very. It's that's clear what's going on there is that he blames he blames Sessions for recusing himself and thereby not being the person who could control whether or not that special counsel got named and or fire the special counsel the whole way trump is acting is incredibly guilty but so trump gives this interview where he says if jeff sessions had told him that he would be recusing himself trump would not have appointed him attorney general which yeah, is which you very could, like i mean well you could argue that that is more evidence of obstruction of it's, justice it's i mean i'm not a lawyer but it sounds incredibly guilty to just be yeah. like, I needed somebody who could protect me from this being investigated. and if he It just doesn't sound like what an innocent person would no. say or do. And so then, as you say, I think it, it's not on – what it often happens to Trump people. We saw it with Chris Christie as like my one of my favorite examples that these people who have accomplishments, um, things that – they could be proud of in their life. They go and they give over their support to Trump, and then he just makes them look like total morons. It's, it's the to coin a, uh, the phrase that that Josh Marshall coined. That is, um, he dignity wraiths them. Yeah, and and there's no one he won't do this to. But I think people are surprised he's doing it to Jeff Sessions. Although I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's like. It, it's just it's very clear that loyalty which is very important to Trump is a completely one-way street. Yeah. Um he doesn't have any loyalty. People are surprised just because Jeff Sessions was such a um ardent supporter of his That's the from thing. the very Trump beginning. Trump doesn't care at all. Like no. for Trump you're only as good as what you're doing for him right then. And no. if you're not doing what he wants you to be doing, he doesn't it does none of what happened before matters. So I Honestly, I am not quite sure what the practical upshot of this is. I mean, it, 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 there are a lot of people who are well, surprised I mean, currently, that, that Sessions Trump... hasn't has, that Sessions hasn't resigned. Yeah, I was going to say practically nothing. Nothing has happened right now. To, I mean, I think know, that other than Trump I think it's whining. probably true that Trump is trying to goad him into resigning. I don't think Trump wants to fire him because he would rather him resign. Well, and the last time Trump fired someone, I. James Comey, uh, that didn't yeah, I think he learned, go that And well. if he fired Sessions, I think that would be a big problem for him. Yeah, well, that would go right into the obstruction of justice pile, um, particularly if he then tried to do like a recess appointment of an attorney general well, and then yeah, you were, demand you were that he fire more. But I'm not... Consequences. You, did I'm, you mean, it's, like, it's still unclear to me. What, what, what I'm wondering about is if 
Sessions resigned or was or quit or was fired. And Trump got a new attorney general into place either through a recess appointment or through the normal process. Who would have oversight of the special counsel? Would it be the new attorney general who would normally have oversight of a special counsel? Or would it continue to be Rod Rosenstein because Rod Rosenstein is the person who instituted this special counsel and in the memo and in the memo that um, authorizes Robert Mueller to conduct the investigation um, that is signed by Rod Rosenstein, and it specifically states sure, that, but, I mean, that Trump Robert just Mueller, fire Rod Rosenstein too. Like the, this. Well, that's has, certainly true. I mean, that's certainly... I, I think for me, I don't know exactly how procedurally it would all work out, but I think the the in a way the all the important all the most important parts are sort of larger scale than that. Trump wants to get rid of Mueller's investigation. Yes. And he's trying to figure out a way to do it. That's clear. Yes. And it seems like the the big important thing is whether he succeeds or fails. And I don't um, think he's... I mean, everybody you're talking yeah. about are people he could fire. So, I mean, if Trump decided right now well, that, that he it, wanted to get rid of Mueller... He could just fire. He could keep firing people until he found someone who was willing to do it, which is what Nixon did on the Saturday Night Massacre. Exactly. Until, until Robert Bork was willing to do what he wanted. Um, th- then, of course, the question would be: Would you have the same result that Nixon got, which is that the Republicans, who, to be fair, were the minority party, but they, you know, Howard Baker and 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 so on, um, said said to Nixon, you, you can't do this. Well, and my take on that is you would not get that. What you would get is Paul Ryan right. and Mitch McConnell expressing a lot of concern and then trying to keep passing right. terrible the, the, the appropriate response would be to behave the way that the Republicans under Nixon did um, and or to immediately reinstitute the special prosecutor that Congress appoints, the last one of those being uh, the infamous Ken Starr, and then immediately appoint Robert Mueller as the special prosecutor to pick up his investigation again. But I, I don't think that there's any reason to expect that that would happen either. Well, you, we, we were just talking about this motion to proceed thing where Republicans will say things indicating they're concerned or you know they wish things would be bipartisan or they wish process would be respected, but then they'll vote for whatever their right. political interests are at the time. And I think their political interest is, is that they want Trump to stay president so he can sign their bills should they ever successfully oh, pass it. I am sure that John McCain and Lindsey Graham would have a strongly worded press conference. Oh, it would be very strongly worded. Yeah, and then the, they wouldn't do anything. I mean, this brings me to another thing that I think is extraordinary, which is that um, we have seen in the last 24 hours or so some Republican Congress people get legitimately like bent out of shape and upset and it's uh, over the idea that he's attacking Sessions it's over the idea that Trump could fire Sessions and it has nothing to do with Robert Mueller or the investigation it's that how dare President Trump um go after one of their own well yeah the senators are crazy like that you know they're you know that they're besmirching the honor of the um of grand dragon jeff sessions we don't know if he was ever in the kkk officially we just assume but i'm just you know we don't we don't want to slander anybody like that we wouldn't want to slander the kkk by suggesting they would have jeff sessions exactly because these are both public organizations, so technically we can't. Uh, um, but I mean, I think it's also surprising to the. This is what we were just talking about. Why I think there are people who who really thought he would never play Jeff Sessions like that. Like they'd be like, right. "Oh, but a bridge too far is not taking health insurance away from millions of people, or obstructing justice, or ruining our relationships with other countries. It's being mean to Jeff Sessions." Don't you remember his confirmation hearing where they, it was basically everybody being like, I just think you're so great. 
and you're a senator, and don't you think senators are just the greatest people? And he was like, I do think that. And they were like, you're fantastic. I mean, it was gross. Yes, everything about everything involving Trump and the Republicans is gross. They are terrible people, and though I don't believe in a heaven or hell, um, I hope and expect that they will all rot in hell. Um, I'm just thinking, I'm waiting for some of them to start switching parties. Like, if they actually cared... Well, I don't under, I I honestly I don't understand why someone like Susan Collins doesn't. I mean, I was I, thinking I, about her. I mean, it's not, I don't think it would affect her electoral chances negatively. I can't Maine. imagine something Susan Collins could do that where she would lose an election in Maine. She's very popular in Maine. Right, and I don't I I don't I think she would get elected just fine. Well, she I mean, I don't know. This is who was the guy who switched parties during the W era? There were two. There was uh, Lincoln Chafee and Arlen Specter. Lincoln Chafee? Yeah. He he wasn't always a Democrat? No. Wow. Well, I totally forgot that. He was a New England Republican. Um, yeah, Arlen we, Specter is the one that we remember because he switched in order to make a big vote. Wasn't there Jim Jeffords? Yeah. Did he switch also? I don't know. I mean, in a way, this is useless trivia, but yeah. like, it can be done. I, th- I keep thinking about this for Murkowski. If she's yeah, you're got, right. Yeah, he was another one. If she's got Trump and like Ryan Zinke threatening her, and she already got primaried and won anyway, like, what does she have to lose? At least she's just become an independent and caucus with the Democrats. At least. Yeah. Well, uh, we. Can, I mean, I'm sure the Democrats could find ways to. Hell, if three of them came, the Democrats would be the majority, and people could be picking whatever conference committee chairmanship they wanted. Well, that's a, that's what happened with Arlen Specter and uh, Lincoln Chafee and and whatnot. Um, uh, is that it? Actually, swung control of the Senate in the middle of a of one of W's terms. It's funny. I feel like this is fun to talk about, but I don't see it happening. Well, no, because those. I mean, the only one, I, I mean, if Susan Collins did it, it wouldn't totally shock me. I mean, no, I, she also, should have done it already. they're being shitty to her. They're treating Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins really, they, when I say they, Trump, and like the some of the more right-wing House of Representatives Republicans are being shitty to Susan Collins yeah. and Lisa Murkowski. Well, and, and she is, compared to her Republican colleagues, she is legitimately moderate. Um. Now, uh, she's about the only. I don't know. Are we talk about Susan Collins this, or Lisa Murkowski yes, here? Susan Collins. Uh, uh, she's more moderate than um, than Lisa Murkowski is. I mean, Lisa. She's Murkowski also is, a really big Jeff Sessions fan. If you, I don't know if you remember that from the from I, I the do. confirmation. I do, um, and from his Senate Intelligence uh, testimony. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I like he regrets. Her. I bet he was happier as a senator. Oh, I'm sure he regrets it now. I mean, the the person who was appointed in his stead, Mo Brooks, said today that he would um, not run for re-election if Jeff Sessions wanted to quit. Oh and my run God! Again. Can, that would imagine the like thorough, how thoroughly wraithed you'd have to be to have to yeah. run for his old seat. Yeah, I mean, he would win. It's Alabama. Oh, of course he would win. That's not even a question. But like. It would be really because it wasn't. It was like his dream job to be the attorney general, and he wanted it for such a long yeah, time. Yeah, he's he, he's getting to like really put the clamp on on minorities and gays. This is what you get when you tie when you side with Trump, though. He there's no loyalty, as you were saying, and people he, keep seeming so surprised. Well, we should be clear. He is loyal to his children and their spouses. We'll see. I'm waiting. The one, I mean, I it's not important so far. to get into the details, but like, I, I have wondered if they're not trying to set up Don Jr. as a fall opportunity. Well, I think Jared Kushner is trying to set up yeah, Don Jr. Too. But I don't know if if uh, Trump Sr. is in on it. There's only one person I think Trump Sr. would never sell out or turn Ivanka. on, and it's Ivanka. Right, and I think that Kushner by. I think he By would. Connection. He, I don't think Trump is that attached to Kushner. I think he would flip on him or sell him out if possible. But if Ivanka was okay with it, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Trump is hard to predict because he's he's just sort of like a rabid animal. Like he's not driven by any logic or principle. He can't even read. 
I don't think he's as intelligent as a rabid animal. He's very psychologically damaged and dangerous. He, even a rabid animal is driven by some sort of instinct that Maybe you can like understand. He sort of makes me think of just like a hurricane. He just sort of... It's like whatever he notices, he wants to destroy and hurt and dominate. Yeah, he's like a toddler having a huge temper tantrum, except that's rude to toddlers. He's terrible at being president. What's our... What, do we have a next topic? So what... what uh, are, yeah, how so are we, we going to wrap to... up Jeff Sessions? Jeff Sessions is in the process of being humiliatingly dignity-wraithed. As... Well, as he said, it hurts a little bit. Yeah, so... I don't yeah. know what anyone thought was going to be different about that. Okay, so, so what's our next it, 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 It's just part of the the process of Trump attempting to get rid of uh, Robert Mueller. Um, and really, I mean, I think that if he gets succeeds in getting rid of Robert Mueller and the Congress does not respond in an extremely authoritative manner... Which they won't, but Which they on. won't. Um, that that is a, it's a de facto coup. Well, I mean, we'll just... I, I'm not sure that's how Trump intends it exactly. I think he just wants to get well, rid of an we investigation. About, he doesn't really have intentions. Right. But, I mean, I think that it would, it would be a de facto coup. I mean, it, it would be the head of state in an authoritarian manner with no consequence removing the person who had the authority to investigate him. Which, that only happens in authoritarian states. I don't know what doesn't happen in I mean, it's a semantic thing. What it would be is just another opportunity to see if that was the line that people wouldn't tolerate being crossed. We're sort of Um, in this national project of trying to locate that line. We haven't found it yet. Uh, Well, it's the line, it's really the line that Congress will tolerate. That's the Republican Congress. Yeah. Because I, I think a majority think of Americans are, are I mean, a majority of Americans didn't vote for him in the first place. No, they did not. And then um, a majority of Americans are, are pretty horrified with um, almost everything involving him. Um, yes. So spe- speaking of crossing lines, I think you wanted to uh, rightly bring up yet another line that, that Trump has crossed recently, which was his speech at the annual Boy Scouts of America Jamboree. Yeah, you know, this wasn't like a really humongous deal, but it was just another opportunity to, to see things. that he's just fundamentally not he's not up to this job. You know, he has he's supposed to go give this speech to the Boy Scouts and he uses it to brag about how rich he and his friends are and to threaten Well, he gave a he gave his usual kind of speech. Right, to a and, bunch of children and families. Right, and he, he shit on President Obama, yep. and he shit on the Democrats. He got them to cheer that he was going to get rid of Obamacare. Yeah, he got them to chant USA. I mean, it's... It, it but was I love as, he threatened that he was going to fire Tom Price, who was there on stage with him, if they right. didn't pass the health care law. Um, it was just like a gross it was, grab bag of Trumpisms. Well, as many people have said, it 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 resembled, um, you know, in some ways, like the Hitler Youth and just authoritarian youth cult of personality type. Yeah. Um, Although theoretically, the Boy Scouts, like, it doesn't. I don't think the Boy Scouts were wanting. I think the Boy Scouts traditionally no, invite I the president to come give a they speech. They do, and, and and every president, with the exception of President Obama, has come and done that, and the the reason that specifically, it's not that President Obama didn't want to go, it's that the Boy Scouts of America do not allow um, uh, gay people to be scout leaders. Yeah. And so, President Obama um, in protest of that, said he could not um, in good conscience appear with an organization that discriminated against people in that way, but he certainly didn't blame the kids who are Boy Scouts for no, this. No, that's not and he problem. And so he would send in a videotaped message for the kids. Um, uh, he is, so I mean, on. he clearly gave it a lot of thought, which Trump doesn't do. But so, right. so I think Trump showed up, and I don't know what they were expecting him to say, but I, I suspect what he ended up saying 
wasn't really what they were hoping for. It probably didn't even resemble much with the speech that was written for him. My favorite part was when he started to talk about his rich friend who had a bunch of orgies on his yacht. But then he yeah. sort of stopped himself and he was like, well, you're kids, so I won't tell you about it. But it was very interesting. He went on for quite a long time about it. Yeah, it was gross and weird. And then, unfortunately, the Boy Scouts made a very, like, mild sort of milquetoast statement about how, you know, they're a non-political organization, and people, I was waiting to see what they would say about this speech, whether they would say, you know... I mean, they've given a a subsequent statement, which is only slightly better than the original one. Um, It's not really much of an improvement. So it's just, it's another, you know, a lot of the damage that Trump is doing is norms-based. Like, there's all kinds of different things that hold our country and our democracy together, and one of those is a bunch of informal norms, and one of those is that when you're the president, you sort of don't trash previous presidents, you don't encourage people to boo you know, other po- political opponents, especially children. So I think that's the when you refer to the Hitler youth, it's Trump is sort of showing up with the Hitler side of that equation. I'm not sure to what extent, if any, the, the boy Scouts are. No, 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 no. I think it was just the optics of it. Um, well, he, were, it seems like that's he, what he, he thinks which, they should be. Well, and then he created that, uh, uh, an optical situation that looked like propaganda films that we have seen. To me, it just made him look like a totally awful person. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, it was not the fault of the Boy Scouts who were there in attendance. The kids. Well, no, and, again, you know. the other thing he did actually, which I hadn't really put together until just now, but it was that he went and he told some military audience that they should support yes. his agenda, which pre- that's something President that, and that re- really that not really, supposed to do. I mean, there's no law against it, but it really does violate military I mean, norm, is not yeah. used in domestic political situations. No. Um so I mean that was really out of line. And some, you know, theoretically, although I don't think anyone took it this way, you know, the president telling a mili- uh, like a active military person to do something is could be construed as an order to do that thing. Mhm. And he is the commander in chief. You're not supposed to order people to vote or like support or not support poli- any political things. No, that's highly inappropriate. So that was, you know, just another. It's, it's yet another example of something that we have never needed to actually codify before, because n- no one, even presidents that we really, really didn't like, for instance... Well, like, W would never George say w. that in a speech. No. Even though he was an awful president, and it, it, his term was a disaster, and he caused a whole bunch of really difficult and miserable problems. He got I don't think killed. he would even support the this healthcare nonsense. I don't know about that, but, like, just staying in, like, the norms area, like, he would never give a speech like that at the Boy Scouts. Yeah, he wouldn't have colluded with Russians. I doubt that he would have. I mean, the thing about the Russian collusion, it's looking more and more like they were just really stupid. Like, that Russia saw an opportunity to get in there, and they did. Yeah. And the Trumps just didn't, like... It's Uh, looking like Russia was sort of the instigator. Oh, that is not surprising to me in the least. I mean, and uh, uh, one of the biggest crimes, if you will, is has just been all the lying about it. Well, and, <laughs> you know, I talked earlier about how they all look so guilty. The lying makes them look incredibly guilty. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, well, of course, there are lots of things we still don't know. Mostly the financial stuff and whether or not there was ever any actual quid pro quo. Well, and also this, like everything else, just comes back to we talk about looking guilty. You know, it ma- what, the only thing that matters is what Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell think. Yeah, I mean, even if Robert Mueller uncovers all of the stuff and recommends prosecution of many individuals, those are just recommendations to Congress. Well, and even um, we did. It, I don't it, think it this doesn't even need to be made public within the last week. But he's he's clearly studying up on his pardoning power. 
Yeah, and that's another thing that I think would basically be a de facto coup. If he started well, pardoning... Well, the pardoning power is completely constitutional and very broad. Yes, but it was, ne- it was, uh, it was never intended to uh, be used for self-dealing um, sure, I guess I'm just in saying, order to get you coup, out of... I don't know what the... I'm not sure I, I see the value in labeling certain scenarios a, a coup. Well, because it, what, it would be, it would be what a he, gross what, what he would dereliction be of duty. What he would be demonstrating there was that um, he and his family could just commit whatever crimes they wanted over and over again, and it wouldn't matter because he could just repeatedly pardon them if he wanted. Um, I guess what and I'm that, saying is... Which would be something that a dictator does. It's a problem... But he was legally elected, and it's a constitutional power. So I don't. When you say it, doesn't seem like a coup so much as it's just a situation where we have to decide. The only solutions are political solutions. Well, that's why I say it's a de facto coup and not an actual coup. Okay, I mean, it's. I'm getting hung up on the word. It's not that important. Yeah. I think the the thing, whatever we call it. It just goes back to what I said before. And, and again, you know, our our constitution is actually set up to deal with this executive out of control. Yeah, specifically problem. by having him impeached by the Congress. Right. And pardons, if, pardons don't do anything about impeachment. So, no. um, I mean, it's I guess it's legally unclear whether or not he could pardon himself. But even if he did, it still has nothing to do with impeachment. So the 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 real issue here is that. Um, our constitution is set up such that if you have an executive who's out of control, the legislative branch of the government is supposed to check him. This is why I keep saying that the only thing yeah. that matters is what Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan... It's, and technically, it's not Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan. It's all the Republican members of the House. Right, they are, but they are the leaders of their respective uh, conference. So Yes, although we did see a little bit of grumbling from the Senate, from the Senate Republicans about Mitch McConnell. I don't think he's going to well, face a leadership I mean, there was challenge, an, but he's There was clearly... an interesting thread from one of Harry Reid's former deputies saying that uh, Republican senators don't really like Mitch McConnell um, and that he <laughs> That's kind of... That's not a surprise. No, and he, he rules with kind of an iron fist within his conference and he doesn't really tell anyone what he's going to do and he just gives orders and expects them to be followed. All sounds very Republican. um, Yeah, certainly. Um, And um, uh, and so that there's no... He doesn't do a lot of team building, if you will. Um, And so it's one thing when things are going really smoothly and everyone's kind of going in lockstep and stuff is getting achieved in the way that they want. But when things are going badly and they're made to look like morons, like they are at the moment, um, then they're not too happy about it. Which I, you know, I believe that to a certain degree. No one likes to lose. No. So apparently, while we've been jibber jabbering, oh, the skinny repeal has been introduced. Right now? Um, yeah, they're. They're. I mean, they're go- running up against the August recess, so they're. I mean, they voted. On on the BCRA, they did that vote at like eleven o'clock at night on Tuesday. Um, Jeez. So yeah, they're going they're going to be voting on skinny repeal tonight, apparently, um, just after midnight. So uh, the the podcast will be completely out of date. That's in about an you, hour. When you have something you're really proud of, you put it up for a vote on early Friday morning, just after midnight. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about wrapping up with what we're looking at, but of course, what I always say is healthcare. Well, I mean, like I said last time, I think it's un- until. Democrats control the presidency or a chamber of Congress. Healthcare is the only thing that is the most important thing. I'm looking to see what Rand Paul and Dean Heller do. I can be more specific because I I anticipate that Murkowski and Collins are going to vote against this. I think that's a guarantee. And so that you have Rand Paul who said he only wanted to vote for straight repeal or nothing. 
So theoretically, he should be voting against this, but I don't know. You've got Dean Heller. You have you have McCain, uh, Graham, and Ron Johnson. Oh, I expect, but they cl- who claim that they want to only vote for something if they know it will not become law. The whole theme of this episode is McCain is an asshole, so he's going to vote for that whatever McConnell tells him to vote for. Yeah, I mean, I, clearly that's what we're going to be looking at. Um, I'm going to, uh, again, uh, just because I don't want to be repetitive, um, I'll, I'll go with, um, I'm going to continue to look at what Trump does vis-a-vis Sessions and Mueller. Um, yeah, those are good things. And and the reaction. I feel like those there, are the two from, yeah. big Areas that are hot right now: <laughs> healthcare and Trump, R- Mueller, Russia sessions. I sometimes have dreams about when um, Barack Obama was the president. I mean, back when I, like we didn't have to call and beg for our lives for our yeah, senators yeah. every day. And I feel I felt so like comforted and serene. I was happier when the president could read. I'll agree with that. Yeah, that's um. Hey, that's a fun yeah, note I, to end on. <laughs> what did you say? We're yeah. we're like halfway through the first year, so we're one eighth of the way there. We're, we are now past um, six months of of the Trump presidency. Um, so thanks for listening to Sanity Check. Make sure to join us again next week. And if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe at iTunes, the Google Play Store, or at sanitycheckpod.com. And in the meantime, keep resisting and persisting. 